Oh, it's a lovely dish. Um, so growing up, it's one of the things that I remember the most about Italian Christmas is, um, so the Banya Cauda's uh, hot bath, it's basically butter, oil, and garlic. Um, and you do, it's, uh, it's kind of like fondue um, with that's your dip. And, and you have things like pieces of, of bread and lettuce and vegetables. And you, you dip it, you kind of all gather around the table and dip it into this butter, garlic goodness. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. It dovetails great into what I want to talk about today. Right now, I have it tentatively called disconnecting. So I don't want this to just be a rehash of what we talked about in the summer about people taking summer vacations and taking time. I can't even remember what we talked about. So the chances of me rehashing anything are probably low. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we we, we talked about like why people don't take, take time off at all during the year, but, you know, we, we had it focused around summer vacation time off then. Uh, but, you know, I'm thinking about like right now you have the holidays around the corner, Re- regardless of what you celebrate and how um, it's important to disconnect from work and, and just be present outside of work. Um, you know, and I, you know, you and I have been talking for about two weeks. I think we're both in the same mindset, you know, this time of year, the, the toward the end of the year gives us a chance to just relax, recharge, clear our minds and I know I have a goal going in with January starting, starting fresh, fresh set of plans, uh, fresh strategies on how to engage with a few clients and things that have been lingering are, are off the checklist. Whether we finally just say, you know what, it's been there. It's just not getting anywhere. Let's just move on to something new or we call it, call it done. Yeah. But to that point, you know, every year it feels harder and harder. At least I know for me, it does um, to do so as technology keeps us tethered to the office. Um, you know, and, and for our case, this could be even harder for remote workers since our office is wherever we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, my office right now is, is, is in the basement, but there have been times lately just to get stuff done. Like after the baby and my wife go to bed, I take a laptop upstairs and just sit in the recliner and work for it for a couple more hours. Um, how can you prevent work from taking you out of the moment? Because this is also the time of year where you want to be present. You know, I think all of us as as adults have memories back to our childhood, you know, spending time with our family, you know, spending time with our families, our parents, you know, and siblings. So how do you take, how do you prevent yourself from being taken out of the moment so you're present there for for your family now? Um, How can you make sure to be present for, you know, your family and friends? And as an employer, and this is probably, this is something we'll wrap up with is, you know, are there things that you can do to encourage your employees to, to rest and recharge and whatever that, 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 however that takes form. So there's a couple of things to, to digest there. There's the one is just taking the time off to, to rest and relax. But then I think another, another way we can look at it too is, is it's a great way to also reset, you know, stuff that may be just lagging stuff that is just holding on cleaning up the, the to-do list and starting the year fresh. So I just, you know, just, 
diarrhea of the mouth just let a lot out. Um, and I, I kind of want to dissect each of those. So um, what are your thoughts? Where, where do you want to start? Lots of places we can jump in there. Um, so let, let's start with just, I think the, the obvious thing is, is how can you try to shut off this time of year as, as we get further into December, you know, we get closer to the holidays, we get closer to the new year, just forcing ourselves to, to, to shut off and stop with the, Oh, this one last minute thing I can put in. Yeah. Um, I think my answer is probably going to be a little bit disheartening in that if we haven't learned to do that throughout the year, we're probably not going to learn it the last two weeks of the year. So um, that's a good point. You know, that may be one of the things that we take this downtime um, or this time we have available to us to figure out how we can build that into our schedule throughout the the year. Um, Because I know that, you know, it's a it's a challenge, especially you you called out remote work that this can be difficult for remote workers where we don't have this physical difference between work and everything else. So it, it, it all bleeds together. But I also think it gives us a tremendous opportunity for flexibility to actually design that to work for us. But it takes deliberate effort for for it to work. And it's it's something that I'm honestly not good at, but I mm-hmm. but I'm working on. Um, it's something I identified earlier this year, actually last year during the shutdown break. So, you know, from a company perspective, we we shut down for a couple weeks at the end of the year, and part of it is we want um, our employees to spend time with with their families over the holidays. But it's also a great time to um, you know rest and rejuvenate. Um, and during that time, I identified this as an an issue for me. And so this year I've been trying to, to address it. And a, a couple thoughts. Um, one, um, a, again, this, this is for me, I identified that it's not a, a momentous event type of thing. It's not a, how can I shut down over Thanksgiving break or over, you know, Christmas end of year break? It's how can I do that throughout the day? So when those bigger breaks come around, I'm better positioned to take advantage of those. And so a few of the things that I've been working on, and I may have mentioned it in previous episodes, is I've started, and I'm not great at it, I, I have a long way to go, but I've started using a Pomodoro timer mm-hmm. um, to, to work in sprints and force myself to take the breaks that it suggests that I take between sprints. And and just that the act of getting up and, and leaving has been helpful for me. Um, but it's also helped me in a data capture standpoint. And uh, you know, this goes a little bit against um, my desire, lack thereof for time tracking, um, which we don't do and I would never force on anybody, but I've been doing it for myself um, at a high level way because I want to understand where I am um, being efficient and where I'm not. And that's one of the things where I've really tried to take advantage of that time to just let my mind rest throughout the day. The challenge is we've, you know, for Jim, you and I, we've been conditioned to work from eight to five at a desk and then we're done, right? And Mm -hmm. we have to remove that conditioning because that's no longer our reality. But for the first, you know, half of my career, if not more, that's what, that's how I worked. Um, And it doesn't work like that anymore. And so I'm trying to understand, you know, am I more a morning person? You know, maybe on Wednesdays, I'm great in the afternoon, but Thursdays, I'm horrible. I'm trying to understand that pattern and where I'm not, I, I, I walk away. You know, maybe I'll go and sit down and play the piano or read a book or 
one of the things that, especially in the summer, I've been enjoying is just going out and walking in the hills. Um, and it's amazing how just that maybe 50, 60 minutes of time completely refreshes and rests my brain. And what I've learned is by adding that structure into my day to day, it's better positioned me to then be able to say, you know what, I can walk away from, from this for a longer period of time. And that's what I was able to do over the Thanksgiving break. My, my son and I went down to, to San Diego and I was really able to let go and, and just let it be. And, and in years past, I haven't been able to do that. Uh, and so I think, uh, again, without beating a dead horse here, getting the day to day in line Mm-hmm. better prepare me to take advantage of these larger chunks of time that that are afforded to us. Mm-hmm. No, that's a really interesting perspective because the other thing I was thinking of as you were talking is, is you make a good point. Like this isn't like a milestone thing. And I don't want this to come across as a new year's resolution episode. Um, I personally am not a fan of them because, you know, as you pointed out that, you know, if it's not, you, you you can't have just this overnight change. It's something that you have to be slow and, and working on. And that's why a lot of New Year's resolutions fail. So I don't want it to be seen seen as that. So that's a, a really good perspective. Now, for some of the work that we do, it takes like deep concentration and it, it takes time to really get into thought. So one of the criticisms I could hear, you know, from, from people, you know, you talk about using, you know, the Pomodoro timer. How do you deal with tasks that you know, require you know a, a deep level of thought and the interruptions that the breaks could could introduce? I so I don't see it as an interruption, and, and at least for me, um, and the schedule that I'm on, and I can't remember how many cycles I go through before it's a longer break, but it is a 25 minute cycle and then a five minute break, and then a 25 minute cycle and then a five minute break. And what what I will do is I'll set up my desktop um, so my desktops are clean. I'm I'm using multiple desktops on the mm-hmm. on the Mac, um, and I'll push everything else off, and I'll just have clean desktops only up what I'm working on. Turn off my notifications and just work, 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 work. That five minutes, um, if I know it's going to take multiple cycles, I won't get into things I know will distract me. So I'm not going to go check my email. I'm not going to check Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk around the house a little bit, maybe refill my water bottle, maybe grab a little snack. Um, sometimes I play the piano. So I, you know, every once in a while I'll pick a new song I want to learn. So maybe I'll go play a few bars of a song I'm trying to learn for a few minutes and then come back and I'm able to jump right back into where I was at. It's when I use that five minute break and then I get into things like email is the worst or, or even Slack where I see something and it pulls my attention. Mm-hmm. that's where I'm lost. If I go and play the piano for five minutes, it's just a, a chance to let myself break, you know, get a breather. It's like calling a timeout in football, right? It's like, I just need a few minutes to catch my breath and then we're back to where we were. Um, but if I allow myself to get pulled into email or something else, um, it's over. I, I'm going to have to like reset back to where I was at. So that's okay. how I've been managing it. So it, there are definitely things I can get done in a 25 minute cycle. There are definitely things that take two and three and sometimes more. And so to to deal with it, I'll make sure I keep my focus during that break period. But the break is important to get up and not because I can't I can't work for, you know, 50, 90 minutes at a time without walking away. My brain just starts to turn to mush. So that five minutes is important. 
And then the last, the last piece of learning from that is that it, it comes down to also how you structure things. So one of the things that I've been learning how to do is break down larger projects into more um, consumable chunks. So I can do it, if I can do it in one, you know, if I can complete one piece of it in a 25 minute cycle, awesome. Um, but there are some times where I just need a longer chunk of time and I'll chain two or three together, but rarely will I go more than that. Mm -hmm. So do you keep email open throughout the day or is that something you, you close? I keep it open, but I keep it in a separate desktop. Um, so okay. it's a matter of, um, me building in the strength not to scroll over to that desktop to to look at it. I am um, I have set times in the day where where I will do that, and I'm I just try to hold myself accountable. Uh, if I find I'm slipping on that, I'll just shut off the the app and close it. But I've been pretty good at keeping it tucked away on its own desktop, and I know that there are certain times of the day where I'll scroll over to that desktop and certain other times, especially if I'm in a Pomodoro cycle where I'm really trying to get through, you know, three, four, five cycles in a day that I ha I'm, I know I'm not going to get that done if I constantly go back to the email. Now, do you use, you know, a client or are you just using the web browser? Uh, browser. Okay. Wait, 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 wait for email? E email, yeah. No, I have a client. Okay. So the, did you have like notifications turned on? Because for me... Off. Okay, you have those turned off because I got into the habit and then got myself out of it where I would actually check email in the morning and try to plow through email and get to if there's maybe two or three things I would have to follow up on later in my inbox and then just close it out for the day. And then it would, you know, email bookended my day. So I'd start yep. that way and then do the same thing at the end of the day. And it was great, but then it slowly started to creep back in, checking it throughout <laughs> the day. And then I noticed about two weeks ago, Boom. It's actually, it's open right there. Um, emails back open again and it's open yeah. throughout the day. And I'm like, yep, son of a bitch. It's back. It, it's, it's just so hard because, you know, for, for people like you and I, we see something we're like, Oh, I can, you know, mm -hmm. fix that real quick or help add something there. Um, but if you add it as part of your cycle, then I think it's okay. Whether it's at multiple times during the day, to me, it's just about being deliberate about when you're going to do that and not letting it pull your attention. So for me, almost exclusively every day starts with a 25 minute cycle, Pomodoro cycle, where it's email triage or Slack triage, whatever. So I go through all of my messaging and I, and I go through it and I say, okay, is this something that I can address in this 25 minute cycle? If so, I do it. If not, I use the rest of that cycle to organize it into things that I'm going to do either later today in a cycle or sometime this week or, you know, in, in the future. And I'll kind of triage the inbox um, at that for that first cycle of, of the day. Um, and then I'll have um, a more extended break somewhere in the middle of the day where I'll go and see if there's anything burning and critical, you know, for me where I'm dealing with sales contracts and a lot of things that are time sensitive. Um, I don't feel comfortable just looking at it in the day and then letting it go until tomorrow or even later in the night. So I do do a check at some point in the middle of the day. Um, but again, I think for me, um, doing that deliberately is is completely fine. It doesn't pull away. The, the problem I have is if I have notifications on, if I scroll over to it and I'm in the middle of a thought process where it it robs my time. Yeah, because like right now I do have notifications turned on. So if I, you know, if I'm sitting there working, that little red one or the little red two yeah. that pops up, I, I've got to go look. 
Yeah, so I I have turned off all notifications by default um, for everything. So social networks, email, Slack, um, and I'll have set times of the day where I'll go and, and check that. Um, the breaks are a good time for me to do that as long as I'm not trying to chain multiple cycles together. If I'm doing uh, one project in a cycle and then I take a break, you know, part of that break just just checking in on things to make sure nothing is needing my attention right now is a great time to do that because I know I'm going to move on to something where I have to reset my context anyway. Um, and we talked about this on, on an episode a long, long time ago. One of the biggest hacks, is it a hack? I don't know, that I did that helped from a shutting off and a productivity standpoint is I have my application bar to auto hide. Oh, the dock in the bottom? The dock. Um, yeah. to, in the bottom of the of of my OS, um, set to auto hide, and that little change has been <laughs> amazingly productive. Because I mean, I do have so while I don't have push notifications when emails come in, if I do go down to my doc, I do see you know number of emails I have, like missed text, things like that, mm-hmm. um, and that drives me crazy to see that I have things that are unaddressed there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the simple act of having that hidden, again, if if I if I have the strength not to roll my mouse down there to unhide it, it was a huge, huge change for me. It just mm-hmm. it completely changed the way it worked because I and now I no longer have any desire to scroll down there and look at it unless, you know, I'm I'm in between things. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um so, you know, all of these things you, know, you were saying are, you know, little ways that you did, you know, just through your regular course of action. So when the bigger breaks come up, it, it, it's easier to to disconnect. So like over Thanksgiving, did you check email at all or did you basically just keep it closed and just were kind of doing your thing? Uh, I checked email once a day. Okay. I didn't necessarily take action on it. So again, I checked it once a day to see if there was anything, anything critical um, that that needed to be addressed. Again, you know, I, there there are lots of things from a time sensitive perspective that, for right or wrong, I put on my shoulders. Whether it's sales contracts, you know, making sure employees are getting paid, all of those things. Uh, so I, I definitely kept a pulse on it, but I made a conscious choice not to respond. Um, mm-hmm. to anything unless it was absolutely critical. So I, I want to ask one more question and then I want to kind of start to, to pivot it, um, you know, a, a, a bit. Um, with, you know, being much more disciplined about email, because one of the things that email has created is it, it, it's a tether where people expect when you send an email, there's going to be an immediate reply. Now, I'm not saying going dark for, for a week, but this has happened several times in the last couple of weeks. And it's kind of one of those things that pushed me to walk away from the computer mm-hmm. before I said things I didn't want to say or I shouldn't have said um, or you know shouldn't say. And it's the someone sends an email and maybe it goes a day without being answered. Um, I, I try to get back to people within 24 to 36 hours after an email sent. Um but there's been those times, you know, an email sent and then there's the immediate, maybe within 12 hours or less than a day goes by. And then there's the, hey, did you see this? Or we need your answer. Or there's that, you know, trying to be disciplined about email 
how do you prevent yourself from kind of losing it when those kind of things happen? Uh, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and it's something that I'm still working on. Um, and I don't know if my approach is the, the right approach. Um, but I try to, um, depending on what the cutoff is sometime in the late afternoon, five or six o'clock, if, if I get an email during the day prior to that five or six o'clock timeframe, um, I try to exclusively, and I'm not perfect at it. Um, you and I saw a example where I didn't do this, but I tried to reply a hunt to a hundred percent of those emails. Um, if I get an email between six o'clock at night and seven o'clock in the morning, um, I try to 100% reply to those emails in the morning by reply. I don't mean solve the problem or give the answer, um, by reply, Again, during my triage or at night before I close down, um, if I can answer it right there within a 25 minute cycle, I will absolutely do it because I just want it off of my plate. I don't want to be the person that picks up the thing five times before I action something that takes two minutes. If I two minutes, I'm going to do it. If it's going to take longer than that, then my reply is to set expectations. Got your email. Here's where I'm at. You know, expect to hear back from me Friday. Um, that doesn't always solve the problem, but in 90 plus percent of at least my cases, it does, right? Just acknowledging, especially again, we, one of the struggles of, of remote and, and maybe not even remote, just not being visible, even if you're in a big company and in different buildings or different floors, this is a problem is that when you send something electronically, you don't have any immediate feedback that it was received. And so there's always that, okay, well, what's going on? Did Jim get it? Like, I don't know. Like I'm freaking out, but as simple, got your message, understand your request. Here's when you can expect to hear back more often than not sets that, that uh, anxiety at, at ease. Uh, so, so that's how I address it. Um, if I can do it in a couple minutes, done, get it out of the way. If it's going to take longer than that, and I need to include it in one of my future uh, Pomodoro cycles, then I'll reply during one of my triage sessions and let them know, got your email, got your message. Here's when you can expect to hear back from me. Cool. Um, so one of the things you and I've talked about in recent weeks is, is also using this time to, to not just like relax and recharge and, and disconnect from the office, but also use it as, as a bit of a reset. So trying to get lingering things off, off the list, um, trying to get things that maybe aren't going anywhere off the list, stuff that can be done, done. So you start January fresh, because I think a lot of us at this point are kind of just, all right, we're ready for the, for, for the year to be done. We're ready to go celebrate and, you know, don't want to just pick up where we left off in January. We want to, you know, look at it as, as a fresh start to maybe tackle some new goals or, you know, again, I don't want to say goals because that gives us the, the ability, you know, the, the feeling of a new year's resolution, but like say, say, um, new milestones or, 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 or new things that we want to achieve. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing to try to close out the year? Um, and, and just overall, what are your thoughts on that kind of using this time as, uh, as a, um, as a milestone in and of itself to, to close things out, knock things off the list and then start fresh with a new strategy in January. 
Yeah. So, I mean, so much of what we do, there just really isn't a good breaking point. And then any breaking point would kind of be, be arbitrary. Um, but for me, setting some end dates where I can feel comfortable walking away for a couple of weeks is, is important. Um, so, you know, taking a look at the things that I've committed to, things that are going to definitely run over into next year and saying, what's a reasonable place for me to get to? Um, and when's a reasonable time to get to that so that I can allow myself the opportunity to walk away from that. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is not to set that date uh, the day before we're going to leave for vacation or shut down. <laughs> that, that has been a recipe for disaster because then it's like this run up and you have all this other stuff that's competing for your attention. And it's just it makes those last few days, you know, very hellish. Um, so what I've tried to do is, is set a date. So let's say, I don't know, I can't remember when we're shutting down this year. But for me, my date is the 13th. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's the day next Friday that I'm shooting to say, you know, everything that I have ongoing right now, I'm going to look to kind of put on ice by the 13th. Um, I'm still going to be working the week of the 15th, 16th, but it's really going to be a transitionary time for me that week. So how can I use that week to start to transition into using some downtime to be more productive from a rest and relaxation perspective? And from your question, from the ability to really take stock of what did I do this year? Um, what, am I, what am I proud of from an accomplishment standpoint? What have I learned about how I work and what can I do better? And what things do I want to work on myself for next year? And that really helps define, again, it's not a resolution. It's not a goal per se, but... You know, the things that I want to focus on becoming better at next year, um, that's where I really want to start making that transition from from work into that mindset. Um, so for me, again, having a clear stopping point of projects that don't have a clear stopping point, um, setting it before um, the day that we we leave on on break and then using that week prior to kind of be a transitionary point to start to shift my my mindset to prepare myself to really take advantage of that the you know those those couple of weeks to really shut down and focus on you know what again what 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 have I done that I'm I feel good about and what things do I want to work on to become better at yeah it's interesting you, you kind of give that timeline because I was talking to Bryant earlier and I was setting the same expectation with him just just internally trying to get everything done in the next week and a half that I can. And then using that the, the week of the 16th as, as a planning week. So there's part of it is, is just taking notes. So I know where things have left off, you know, closing out the things that need to be closed out. And then what's the plan? Where are we kicking off at when we get back on January 2nd, where, yeah. you know, what, what are the, the key things we want to start working toward? Yeah, and I think another important thing to call out, especially for those of us that work in services, is to proactively communicate with the, the clients that, that we work with. Now, many of them will be doing the same, but a lot of them don't have the opportunity afforded to them that, that we have to shut down. Um, and so, you know, properly communicating and putting their concerns and anxieties at ease um, is also incredible incredibly important to being able to put your mind at ease to use that that downtime because if we don't do that you know we can prepare all we want but then we're thinking 
oh, you know, what's so-and-so thinking about? Or are they going to message me and they're going to be freaking out? So, you know, taking that opportunity to set that proper expectation again, especially if you work in services, is, is, is really, really important. And I had another thought and I completely lost my train of thought. Had it. <laughs> um, have you ever had a situation where you know you you get a phone call over over that break like it's like you need to drop everything and and come back into work yeah and how'd you respond i did it you did it <laughs> i i you know i think i think i may i, I may be thinking of what you're, you're you're thinking about i i think it's a i think it's a balance um because there, there have definitely been times in the past where there were, there were items that would put the company in a much better financial standpoint and um, provide me a lot of ease about, you know, where we're at from, from a growth and a revenue perspective where, you know, maybe I could have been a little stronger and said, nope, <laughs> you know, that's going to have to wait. But, you know, from my position where I feel personally responsible for cutting the check every two weeks for our employees, there have definitely been things where I've made the decision that it it's more important for me to walk away from this break to do this because of what it's going to provide in the, in the future. Um, doing that all the time and every year, not good. <laughs> I've been, <laughs> I've become much better about picking and choosing where to do that, but there have definitely been times. And I think there will be times in the future where that, that happens as well. I think it's important to be flexible. Um, I think it's important to plan and set expectations, but I also think it's important to not be so rigid that you can't make informed decisions to, to change that if, if needed. Um, but again, the word and really from a company standpoint, what we've been focused on all year is being deliberate in everything we do. As long as we're being deliberate about doing that and not just letting the the emotion or the moment pull us into something, then I think it's okay. It's where we're not deliberate about it and we just Pavlovian response instinctively say, you know what, I have to do this. That's where we tend to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the first company I've worked for that actually has this like end of year shutdown. Yeah, I mean, there there have been times where I've taken off that that, that time, you know, had had the time off to to take it or take the the majority of it, and you know, and had many colleagues who who did the same thing, but still the company was open. Mm -hmm. um, have you gotten any feedback from clients like, what do you mean you're going to be gone for almost two weeks? Uh, the biggest feedback I get from clients is, I wish our company did that. Okay. That, that, no, that's interesting. No, I mean, I, I think because of the way that we work and we're not a reactionary company, we're not a support company. Um, the things that we work on with our clients are very well thought out and planned out and strategic in nature that not only at the end of the year, but throughout the year, just, you know, we've had employees take extended breaks to do all sorts of things throughout the year. And I can't think of one time where it's caused a problem. And the reason for that is, is that we are very proactive in planning to ensure that the things that we're trying to accomplish with our, our customers uh, is not put at risk. And I think they, they, they feel that 
right? And so if that wasn't the case and we said, oh, by the way, we're going to be shut down for two weeks at the end of the year, they'd be like, what the hell? Well, we're trying to do this. It's never come up, right? Because it, again, we've been proactive in planning and it's not about spending this time on this day. It's okay, where are we going to try to get to by what time, what date? And, and that's really what's helped dictate that. And it's never been a problem. Again, end of year or any other time throughout the year. And we've encouraged people to take it. And, you know, one of the, I, I learned the whole shutdown thing from my time at Omniture. They shut down over the 4th of July or 24th of July, I can't remember. And then also over Christmas to force employees to take that time off because employees weren't taking time off. Um, so I, I learned the importance of saying, you know what? we need to take it off. And one of the big reasons people don't is because you can take extended time off, but everyone else is still working. You come back and your inbox is overwhelmed. But if the whole company's off, we don't you know, feel as bad about it. It's like, we're all doing this together. Um, but beyond that, we, we've really been encouraging for people to take time off. You know, Bryant took an extended backpacking trip through, um, through Southern Utah. I can't remember, you had a, a trip that, that you went on as well around, your your wedding and other things um, where you took some extended period of time off. We've we've really tried to make everyone at the company feel comfortable in doing that because almost exclusively everything we do has the long term in mind. And the long term, we know that that's a winning strategy. Um, if our goal was to maximize every quarter, I think our philosophy is a lot different. And, you know, Jim comes to me and says, oh, by the way, I'm taking like 10 days off. I'm like, oh, hell no, you're not. Like, we got a lot of stuff we got to get done this quarter. But our 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 game is the long game. And we know over the, the long haul that that 10 days is nothing. In fact, it's everything, though, over the long haul. And that that's going to make you, you know, a more productive employee, you're a happier employee, you know, you're going to drive more value for the company. So over the long run, all those things make much more sense. And it's funny because that was going to be my next question, or at least kind of like the, the, the piece to start wrapping it up was, is like, how do you encourage people to do that? You know, how do you say, and, and I mean, again, resting and recharging can be multiple different things. It could be still getting the, the laptop out and just working on a little hack project when no one's around to bother you. Um, and that, that could be rest and relaxation in and, in and of you itself. Pick, you picked up a little electronics project to hack on one break, didn't you? Yeah. Two years ago, you got me one of those Arduino kits and then yeah, I ended up so going fun, out right? and buying a Raspberry Pi. And then I built a retro gaming system out of a Raspberry Pi. Those things could be fun. So, oh yeah. I mean, that's part of it, right? Like I've yeah. thought about it and I think, you know, what, what can I do for Jim that's going to help him? shift his mind to something else and i sent you the arduino and because i was doing something similar i'm like this is yeah. a good distraction so it sometimes is. it's sometimes it's physically you know helping employees find a distraction and the other part of it is just trust um i think a big reason why people don't take the time they need is lack of trust and I have to have, you know, show face and be in the office otherwise i'm gonna not get this promotion or this bonus or whatever i want it's that you know we trust our employees to do the right thing to take care of themselves so that they can take care of our customers and again you know my goal is to have you here for years and years to come not quarters and quarters to come um, try yeah and, the, the churn and burn yeah and, and so in order to do that i have to have um our employees taking care of themselves so beyond just you know kind of giving them a nudge with an arduino or some other project 
it's really about just talking to them individually and as a group to say, you know, you have my trust um, and this is important for us and uh, I need you to do it. One of the things I've struggled with is leading by example because I think I've been the worst person to take time away, but I think that's also important for a leader to take time away to say, you know, I can be an example. If I'm telling everyone to do it, but then I'm not doing it, it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm getting a double message here. So over the past couple of years, I've tried to be um, a little better at, at doing that as well. Yeah, I remember when I first joined, like you were online constantly. Yeah, and it's hard, you know, when it's it's when it's your baby and you feel personally responsible for it. Um, it it's hard to walk away because there's, you know, if I if I walk away, it's it's not like someone else is going to pick it up, right? And so that for me has been has been very difficult. But I've had to learn. I have a business partner that will absolutely cover for me. We have great employees that will absolutely step in. But the reality is, is I was probably much too much overvaluing my value at times saying, if I'm not here, this isn't going to work. And it's, it wasn't true, you know? Um, and so it was convincing myself that I could walk away for a little bit of time and everything would be okay. But that's hard. It takes a lot of trust, you know, going it, back to trust. It takes it a lot does. of trust to do that. And we always seem to, to, to come back to trust. Yeah. Yeah. Was it Dan Roden where we talked trust culture? Yeah, um, that, that was a good episode. It, it was. And it, you're right. I mean, having trust um, is a huge component to all this because we can talk about, you know, structure and having companies shut down and providing all this stuff. But if there's no trust, it's still not going to be as valuable as it could be. Uh, so to, to start wrapping things up or at least, you know, well, to wrap things up, um, any, any plans to do anything over the break? Like a, a, anything, um, anything fun planned? Uh, I don't have anything planned. I'm just going to, uh, just going to chill. I'd like to find a fun little project to work on. So whether it's electronics with the Arduino, there's a bunch of Arduino projects I would love to to get into. So I may be look, looking for some, uh, project ideas or, um, I, I like coding just for coding sake. And so sometimes I'll find just a fun little project to code on that has nothing to do with anything. And it's, it's just a release. So, you know, I, I may do something, um, around that, but, but other than that, I don't have any real formal plans. What about you? Um, I mean, we, we stay local during the holidays. The majority of both of our families are, are in this area. So like we have stuff planned with, you know, various bits of the family, you know, throughout the, you know, throughout the period of time, like, um, you know, Christmas Eve, we'll go up to my sister's house. Um, Christmas day we'll, we'll spend here. And I think both of our parents are going to come over before we go out to see, uh, see some of uh, my wife's cousins, and then we'll head up to Connecticut for a day to see my, my wife's brother. They, they mm -hmm. live up there. Um, so, so, I mean, it, it, for the, but the most part, it, it's staying local. Um, one of the mistakes we did last year was like trying to see some of like the, the, the various holiday sites around the city. So we live in the suburbs, but like getting into the city and seeing those, we waited until the last minute when everybody was deciding to do that. So we actually decided to start doing it earlier. So like yesterday I took time off. She took a personal day from work and we took the baby. We went down to center city, Philadelphia to see awesome. Yeah. You know, the very the photos. Uh, her cousin works for, for Comcast. So she gave us a tour of the, the technology center 
So cool. seeing the city from the 42nd floor was really amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're trying to do that too, is trying to, you know, intersperse some of the, 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 the various festivities earlier in the month. So we're not fighting crowds to, to do so. But yeah, other than that, like I, I've also told her, I'm like, I, I just want to chill out. Like there's yeah. times where I've kind of, I reach a limit of dealing with people. Um, and I'm just like, I just want to just chill out and, and be a bit of a homebody for a little bit and just rest and recharge. That sounds awesome. Do you do the uh, Feast of the Seven Fishes or any traditional Italian stuff around Christmas? My mother-in-law does. Does she? Um, so that will be, you know, she actually does that the day before Christmas Eve. So the 23rd Got is it. when she does that. Just because, like, there's so many things going on on Christmas Eve, she, she moved it. But, yes, um, the the holiday gorging starts on the 23rd because <laughs> then we'll go to my sister's who's, you know, who, who has a massive spread out. And it, it just goes from there. So um, nice. But, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we definitely do that. One of the things that I've been trying to do, and I will try again this year, is uh, is a banya cauda. Banya cauda. What's that? Um, oh, it's a lovely dish. Um, <laughs> so growing up, it's one of the things that I remember the most about Italian Christmas is, um, so the banya cauda is a hot bath. It's basically butter, oil, and garlic. Um, and you do, it's, uh, it's kind of like fondue. Um, with that's your dip and, and you have things like pieces of, of bread and lettuce and vegetables and you, you dip it's you kind of all gather around the table and dip it into this butter, garlic goodness. Um, oh, and, and anchovies. So butter, okay. oil, garlic, anchovies, uh, is it's amazing. And I, I remember that growing up as kind of the thing. And, um, the last couple of years I've tried to start the tradition again, small with, with my family and it's taken a little bit of prodding to get them going but i'm going to keep trying it every year to see if i can get something going with that 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 yeah. is awesome i may have to mention that to my mother-in-law and see if maybe she yeah. can have that to the stuff what it's i miss as, delicious as a kid that uh, my grandfather made uh so my grandfather my dad's father was irish mm. uh the italian comes in from my grandmother uh, she was a short little italian yeah. woman but uh, one of the things my grandfather picked up was the Italian stuffed olives. So like the oh, big yeah. green olives stuff, oh, with yeah. like locatelli and a bunch of other stuff. Blue cheese. Yes. And I mean, they're yeah. an acquired taste. Uh, like, you know, the, it, it's a very, very strong taste. So it, it takes some time to get used to. But like he would bring them to, to Christmas morning. And like, if you weren't there, you were shit out of luck. <laughs> so... Um, after he passed, you know, a couple of people tried it, but it takes so much work. No yeah. one's really picked it back up. And I wish someone would, cause I miss them. I mean, I can still taste them thinking about them. So, so delicious. My, my grandpa was North, Northern Italian. Um, and any time of the year I went over there, there were always a spread of green olives. Like he, it seems like, you know, it was like maybe the chewing tobacco. <laughs> like he, it's like he always had a green olive, and if it wasn't the green olive with that was stuffed, it was a green olive that was pitted and was stuck on that pit for hours. And yeah, I'm I'm a fan of the uh, the green olive for sure. Yeah. Oh, so. Now I'm now I'm hungry, and I'm looking forward to some uh, mem memorable food from from years past. Yeah. So, cool. Well, we'll go awesome. ahead and. Uh wrap up for now this was uh this was pretty fun yeah fun episode and uh hope you enjoy your uh holiday break and uh let things go recharge yep, yep. same to you so all, all right. right i will catch you later all right bye
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.